Hey everyone, it's Marcus. Excited for this week's episode with Dan from Privy. He is a real product launch expert and dropped some pretty interesting stuff during our chat. So I think you're gonna like this one. Stay tuned. Baby's got a cold, which means I've got a cold. So my voice is all messed up for this pre-read, but uh, hanging in there, got some tea. The election is next week. So vote, people, be heard. It's such an important thing to do to get out there and do your part. So do it. If you haven't already, a lot of people have. We've already put our, our ballot in the box. Get out there and do your thing. This podcast is a partnership with ShareBird. ShareBird.com is a peer mentoring platform. It's the place to discover on-demand resources to help you with product marketing. There are great resources and also a really good job board on the site, so definitely check it out if you haven't already. If you have any feedback on the podcast in general about specific episodes, things you liked, things you didn't like, things you want to hear, anything else, please email podcasts at sharebird.com or you can always connect with me on LinkedIn. Shoot me a DM. I love hearing from folks I've heard from, who did I hear from this week? Jesse and a few other people sent me really nice messages just saying, you know, keep up the good work. Really, really appreciate that. Shout out to our sponsor, Crayon. If you aren't familiar with it, Crayon is an awesome tool for PMMs. Crayon analyzes market trends for you and makes acting on insights easy. This means dynamically updated sales, battle cards, alerts, dashboards, and much more. Crayon is the is a great tool for marketers, any marketer looking to maintain differentiated messaging, improve sales win rates, and catch important updates from competitors, and much, much more. Check them out at crayon.co. All right, let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Product Marketing Experts brought to you by ShareBurst. I'm your host, Marcus Andrews, and today we're diving deep into product launches. We've covered this one before, and you know what? We'll cover it again because this one topic, maybe along with positioning, is so core, so important to being good at product marketing that we're going to come back to it over and over and over again. You can't just run a bunch of launches and be good at it. It's really a moving target. You have to always be learning and growing and trying different things to really maintain your edge here. So I'm going to keep doing episodes about product launches to help me stay sharp. I hope it helps you too. Why are product launches so important? Well, people might disagree about some of the nuances of product marketing, but it's always an expectation that we will be launch experts, that we will have the ability to take a disparate, confusing jumble of products and turn them into a vector aligning, revenue generating marketing moment. So we have to get this right. And if you talk to a PMM like me or like our guest today, someone who has launched a lot of products on a really big scale, they will tell you just how impactful that effort has been to their business. When done right, they are the most impactful marketing strategy. They drive revenue and adoption. They unite your product sales and marketing team on a single shared goal. A good products launch is really hard to ignore and it's really easy to ignore marketing today. All of this is a challenge, of course. There are lots of ways to approach a launch, working with product, building momentum internally and executing in a way that captures attention today is way more art than it is science. When a launch goes bad, it can fail spectacularly. This is not good. So we need a product marketing expert to help us out. Daniel J. Murphy is the director of product marketing at Privy. Before that, he was the director of product marketing at Drift. His teams have managed over 60 launches and he's also the creator of the product launch masterclass. Dan, how's it going? Good, Marcus. Thank, thanks for that intro, man. You got me all pumped up. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go pick another product launch. And, and I, mean, I don't have one scheduled right now. I don't know my next product launches, but now I got to text the team and tell them we got to schedule one. 
I try, man. They they really are. People talk about them as just another marketing strategy and they're just so mm-hmm. underrated. It's just, it's wild to me, but uh, you should take a break because you, you launched a product this week. <laughs> is that right? I did. I launched a product this week. I was talking about this with someone recently. We launched a product this week, but we also had a brand launch. So something that's different about Privy from my previous launches that I've done in the past is like, we've been coupling brand launches and product launches, not necessarily in the same day, but this week we launched um, our brand new starter plan. So it's a, it's a pricing plan. It's, a, it's actually our first bundle offer ever. We launched it as a program. So basically we're, we're launching the bundle with a training program that's going to go over the course of three weeks in October. And we also launched a book. So we actually we wrote a book and, and we built the Shopify store and everything, a real physical book that ships. Um, in fact, I just got off a call with our fulfillment people and we're just planning all the shipping of the 700 plus books that, that have already been ordered. So we've been doing this new thing and I'd love to talk to you about it with you today a little bit. Brand launches and product launches. But yeah, maybe I should slow down a little bit because it has been a lot of launches. I just, after what I just heard in that intro, I'm all fired up again. I wanted, <laughs> wanted to do more. <laughs> cool, man. Well, congrats. They're really impactful and they are really fun. You know, they can be crazy, but getting good at them and nailing them is is a skill. I'm curious now, why are you guys doing brand launches and like what like what's the strategy behind this type of uh approach to have something like that's not just product to launch i guess so i've talked about this in the past of of, and actually you and i have talked about this in the past of like the three stages of product marketing the way i look at it and i drift i I went through really all three of them at at hyper growth speed I, i felt like Maybe I didn't become a master at each of those stages, but I experienced all three of them, which was pretty crazy over my two and a half years there. But the first stage, the early stage, it's so important. Like Privy, we're an early stage company. We've been around for a little bit, but we're, we're less than 10 million in revenue. And, you know, we're, we're, we're growing and, and we have a lot of, you know, awareness, brand awareness. To, you know, that's a big objective for us this year. So, so I actually lead product marketing and brand at Privy. And so, you know, I, coming into Privy, I had a lot of experience doing launches. And, and I just know that, you know, if you have a strategic company goal, if you're trying to, you know, you know ship a new product line or you know, reduce churn or whatever, launches are such a good mechanism uh, to help you hit that strategic goal. Because what it does is it helps you get, your entire team and your market and customers aligned on this one thing in a short period of time, which creates so much great stuff, focus on, on the right stuff, but also, you know, you're, you're going to learn a lot about the problem you're trying to solve. You're going to get, you know, messaging feedback right away. You're going to get feedback about the product right away. So those are just like this secret weapon that I've had in my marketing career and something we did a lot at, at Drift. And so, yeah, pretty, we've just applied it to more than just what we've had on the product side. We've applied it to some of the stuff we've been doing on the brand side the book. We've done a couple other things this year as well. And it's really helped us grow brand awareness. Like we've had a 50% jump in organic traffic since January to the privy.com website, which is great. And a lot of that has to do with using launches strategically to, you know, go out there and, and, and drive that awareness. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I think um, th- that same, I've, I've seen that too, you know, that same product launch framework or playbook can really be applied to just about anything. I've been meaning to write about this, but there was a good article that Thomas Tungus wrote about having product launches be the operating system for your, for your entire business. You know, I think I can see, I've seen it for, for the marketing teams, but for your entire business, I think it makes sense even just because, yeah, it's this, like you said, it's this big alignment effort. And of course that, that works with the intersection of product and marketing, but yeah, it also works with uh, your brand efforts and your demand gen aff- efforts. And, you know, if you can get it right, it's hard, maybe easier at a smaller company, but it's cool to see that working for you. Yeah, it's been great. And I think, 
one thing you just pointed out, which is really important too, is like when you have a smaller company and you can get in front of the whole company, you know, whether it be a company meeting or Slack or email, and it's really easy to, to communicate to everyone. That's when launches really work, right? Because you can drive, when I say get the team, you know, focus on something, I'm not just talking about the marketing team. It's, it's the whole company, right? Like yeah. we have a sales team, a CS team, an engineering team, product team, finance, HR, everybody, right? Yep. If we can get everybody surrounded, I love, I love talking about how like, you know, I, I think I talked about this and I definitely talked about this in the course of like, think about your marketing team is not just like the people with marketing in their title, but the entire company, because you'd rather go to market with 60 people, like the 60 people that work at Privy than the seven of us that work on the marketing team at Privy. So we always yeah. try to apply that. We can get the whole team focused on this, you know, this objective in a short you know, window of time. We're going to have much more success if we do it that way. Totally, totally. Okay, so let's let's go back a little bit. I mean, I'm very curious, and I'm sure the audience is too. You've got a you've got an awesome you know product marketing experience. You're at Drift and now at Privy. A lot of folks are always interested, and in, I think in trying to better understand the Drift case study. But uh, you know, when you were working there with Dave Gerhardt, you guys built out quite the brand and launch machine. Like, what do you think? We don't have to spend a ton of time on this question, but like, what do you think? you guys really did right there and maybe got wrong there. You know, what are your biggest learnings from that time? I would say the, the, first of all, with the launches, the reason that worked is because we were consistent. Like every first Tuesday of the month, we had a launch, like for the, for the longest time. And, and to some extent, it's not quite the same as what was going on back then about three years ago now. But pretty much every, every month, we would come back with something new. And, and you know, we had this brand and you know that's a whole nother podcast about the you know the drift brand yeah. and everything but like i think i think like with with the launches like it works so nicely because the brand was building this community of people that were paying attention we were speaking to marketers we were marketers we were speaking to marketers we were talking to people at a similar stage as us company stage and so you know by by doing that and then having something every month for this community to come back and say hey now we built this thing now we built that thing. Now we, and then, you know, having this sort of monster engine and this big megaphone that we could go every month and, and announce something, that consistency was a huge driver of success for us um, early on. And I think it's a really good lever for early stage companies. And, and you can kind of see that preview. That's what we're, we're, we're doing now. We're not doing exactly the same. It's a different business model. It's, it's, it's been a crazy year. We've, we've been, you know, we're in e-commerce. So it's been, it's been a really amazing year and a fun year, but and we've learned a few things since then, but that, that model of being consistent, having something every month and making a promise, I mean, we went out there and said, Hey customers, we're going to launch something through every single month. Just come back every Tuesday. We have something and we make all that noise. I mean, there are people, I remember there are people in that kind of community in that space that were t- tweeting at us on beginning of a Tuesday, like, Oh, you know, Jeff must've launched something again. You know, here goes my Twitter feed or my LinkedIn feed. It's like, yeah, that building that mechanism was really, really helpful for us in our growth at that early stage. Yeah, I agree from, you know, the outside looking in, I did hear about that all the time and it makes it hard to ignore. And that consistency, it just like builds a lot of momentum too. You know, it's like, wow, look at the, like they're really yeah. uh, grinding, anyway. but not everyone is doing that because I imagine it must be hard to do that. What it was like, tell me about the challenges of doing that. It couldn't have been easy. Well, I mean, one, it's a pretty big tax on your product team to say, hey, yeah. you have to have something new every single month. Luckily, though, though we really had that alignment. So that mission of launching something every month didn't necessarily come from, from it didn't come from the product marketing team. It came from the executive leadership team. They said, we want to do this. This is our goal. This is what we're doing. I was more, I was an operator on this mission. I'm not the, the creator of it. And uh, so we had a really good alignment with our product team. They structured teams around, I think it was like three month sprints. And every three months, they had to have something to launch, right? So they actually made that. So like that is a big investment from the from the brand side. Like so many companies, I, I know you've probably 
heard about this from other people on the on the podcast, Marcus, but like so many companies, like marketing is sort of an afterthought and it's sort of like mm-hmm. an extension of the company. It's not like the center of gravity or it's not leadership position, either one of those. And so Adrift, the, the marketing and the brand was a big part. It was for a while the center of gravity and, and, and it has sense and, and will continue to be in a leadership role in the company. So I think that makes a big difference. We had to get alignment. So we still struggle with it. Don't get me wrong, like getting aligned on stuff and what we're going to launch. But you know, every, every month we, we would sit down with our VP of product. And, and then as the team grew is the leadership of marketing and the leadership of product. And every month we just get in the, a, a room for 60 minutes and we whiteboard what the team's working on, what customer challenges, uh, challenges that they're, you know, trying to solve. And, and then we'd figure out, okay, you know, let's launch this in May and then this in June and on July, we come back with this. And then, you know, it's September and it's hyper growth. And here's what we're going to launch. You know, we would just continue to talk about that every month. And, and, and we got aligned. And, and like I said, I think momentum is a great word too. You know, it's consistency, but it's also building on a momentum to come back every single month and, and get people paying attention to something that you're launching. Awesome. Yeah. Really great example. I like that meeting too. I think that's something that at small companies, you should, hopefully people can replicate that, that maybe bigger companies too, right? Like just having that product and yeah. marketing alignment and creating that. Especially, like in, it's awesome. Yes. I was going to say, especially at product-led growth companies, like we're, oh, yeah. we're a product-led growth model and, and mm. you know, we're, I'm a trend, I, I, I've met with our VP of product four times in this past week since, since, since Thursday of last week. Right. So I, I think that's huge. And I think that's another thing, like with a, this could be a whole other subject. I was actually talking about this with someone else through the week, but like with product-led growth, like you should be partnering with your product team in many cases, more than your sales team, just to get really tight on stuff. There's so much opportunity with, with product and and how product marketing can play a really big role in helping your company grow. Totally. I don't know if this is a question, but I do think people are like, well, I guess for product marketers, I do think we need to figure out exactly what our role is in product-led growth companies. I I wrote about this a little bit, and I do feel like product marketing almost replaces some of that educational value that sales offers that are really sales-led. Yeah, you know, it's just, I feel like all the things we do, you know, I really spend some time thinking about it. It's like all the things we do just become even more important. So it's really interesting. Okay. So tell me about Privy. I know a little bit about Privy. It's a really interesting company. I also, you mentioned the space of e-commerce, like what's happening in e-commerce right now? What's Privy's role in it? Yeah. So I, so I'll start by saying I got into e-commerce in January of 2020, the beginning of this year, a few months before the explosion of, you know, e-commerce. So familiar, right? Like the pandemic, people quarantining, you know, social distancing, e-commerce has just absolutely skyrocketed. And it's not just, you know, a lot of people think e-commerce is Amazon. And yeah, they're like the, the number one e-commerce example out there. But, you know, Shopify, which many people have heard of now, they basically help you build your e-commerce website. They're sort of like a Squarespace or a Wix for e-commerce. They're like a HubSpot for, for e-commerce. And so they're the big player there. They're, I mean, they've just seen, if you just look at their, you know, pull up a graphic of their, or a, stock price over the course of yeah. this year. It's insane. They were kind of growth. Anyway, so they've, they've, we're a huge partner of theirs. We, we basically serve a, a huge percentage of our business comes from them and from people that are building on Shopify. So we've been riding this crazy wave of, of a lot of, like I said, 50% growth in organic traffic. A lot of that, I'd love to take credit for a lot of that and, and launches the brand, but a lot of that is also because of the growth of e-commerce. So Privy's had an amazing, amazingly interesting year. We're, we're, we're doing some really great stuff, I think. We're in great shape. We've, we've grown really fast over the course of this year, but it's been a really interesting year just in terms of, but it hasn't just been straight, you know, skyrocketing numbers and everything's going amazing. Like we've got to learn a lot this year too. Like 
on a culture level, like being remote, of course, is that element of it. But then also one of the things we've realized this year is that, so like Shopify, public company, they do quarterly reports. They reported at the end of Q2 that between Q1 and Q2 of this year, they saw, they saw a 70% jump in new stores created on their platform. Mm-hmm. So in three months, they saw a 70% spike in, in new stores. There's, so what we realized, and, and, having, we, and we have a lot of conversation, when you go and buy Shopify, a good percent of those percentage of people, when you go start setting up your store, you have needs of email marketing, uh, pop-ups, list growth, text messaging, and, and then you might find us and you might end up using us and trying us out. So we've just seen this huge growth in talking to a lot of those merchants. So a lot of them are starting e-commerce stores this year. It's not that, that you know, there was this huge market of e-commerce websites. I mean, there was a, a big, a lot of them, but there's been so many more that have started this year. Probably hundreds of thousands of new e-commerce stores went live this year. It's, it's people pivoting from brick and mortar because they can no longer do that. It's people with more time on their hand and they're starting a side hustle and they're, they're building an e-commerce store. Um, it's all these different people. So we've actually changed a little bit and we've changed a lot of our marketing and our messaging really to capitalize on that. So like the launch we did this week, um, we launched the Privy Starter Plan. And like I said, that's our first bundle, but really we positioned it around people that are just getting started because our bundle is really best suited for people that are just get, you know, just, just starting their e-commerce. They want to grow their list and, and they want to send emails and they want to set up their automation. So we've done all this stuff. We wrote the e-commerce marketing handbook. It's a, it's a guide literally called how to grow from zero to a million in sales without being a marketing expert. So we've actually really pivoted our marketing around this audience of brand new people out there um, that are going to need our, our product, hopefully, and then also the education that we can provide on e-commerce marketing on how to actually grow um, an e-commerce store. Because as we say, it's easier than ever to build an e-commerce store because of things like Shopify. It's harder than ever to grow it because there's so many e-commerce stores out there and you're competing against everyone yeah. and you're bidding up on advertising against anyone. So yeah, it's been a crazy year, but it's been, it's been a really exciting one. Awesome. It's it's really interesting ecosystem. And I love it because I, in the past, I think it was like, all right, I want to start a side hustle. I've got some thing I'm trying, some physical good I'm trying to sell. I'll go and I will sell that thing on Amazon. And it, yep. it's just bad. It's just terrible for entrepreneurs because they lose. I don't know if this is like something you guys talk about, but I did a lot of research into this when, um, I launched our Shopify integration at HubSpot and it's just so bad for entrepreneurs. Like you don't, you don't own your data. There's a chance that Amazon is going to come out with this. Like it's really bad. Oh, yeah. but Shopify is the opposite. Shopify is an awesome experience and they want you to, I feel like they want you to succeed. They're building this ecosystem. They're really creating more entrepreneurs, more people who are, you know, creating wealth, building real businesses. Yep. So it's, I feel like yeah, it's a really interesting ecosystem and I'm a big fan of Shopify and like this whole movement. It's very cool. hundred percent. So Harley Finkelstein, the COO, I think he actually just got promoted. He's now the president of Shopify. He wrote the intro for our book um, nice. and in it, he talks about, and he, this is his whole brand. It's like his whole brand is entrepreneurship and supporting it. And that's really, and that Toby, this, you know, that's that, that is their brand. Like they want to, they want like a, a word they're trying to associate with, you know, online entrepreneurship, right? That's, that could be their category. I don't know. Right. I mean, it's not, but their category is e-commerce. They own it. Yeah. Uh, that's a way bigger one. But like, I would say from a brand perspective, e-commerce, entre- like they just launched um, Shopify Compass, which is like a brand new learning platform where they interview like our CEO did a course on list growth and how to do that. So hundred percent, their, their motive is to photo- support entrepreneurs. And, and that's what we love too so much because we want to be there for them as well. And they are a great partner. They've, they've done some really great stuff. 
Awesome. Okay. So let's just talk about a launch, like a uh, very high level. So what, like, why, why are we, why are you launching a product at all? What's the point of a launch? How do you think about a launch and what that means to you? Yeah. So I, I kind of referenced this before, but, but I, I would say the reason you want to launch something is to turn the company's focus and your market's focus uh, on one thing in a short time period. So focus on this one thing. And, and the reason you would want to do that is because you're trying to tackle some strategic goal for your company. And so the course that you mentioned before that I, that I did on product launches, it's all about, hey, every company has strategic company goals, right? They have these strategic goals and they're usually set on a quarterly or yearly basis. Launches are such a good mechanism to get the team focused on, on those goals. So um, I've talked about different examples in my course, but you know, if you're trying to to reduce churn for a product line in your portfolio. You, you know, you might be launching a new mobile app, right? So like go do a launch around that mobile app. Go, you know, the customer segment that's churning, you know, you know how to focus it, build the launch around it, build momentum, get your CS team talking about it, get your sales team talking about it, the account managers, go build out an experience in the product to, to, to educate them on how to download the mobile app and how to use it. You know, you can, you can build all of your positioning and your messaging around that. Like, the launches are so great because they can build momentum and then you can get everybody like super focused on, on one thing in a short time period. And then you get feedback right away. And then you can figure out if this is the right thing, if this is the right message um, and it's going to help you solve those company strategic goals. So that's why I, when I take a step back from any launch I've done in the last couple of years, like that's ultimately why we're doing it. And that's ultimately, you know, how we're going to approach it. Awesome. Yeah. I think, you know, we talk about momentum. You're a fan of momentum. So am I. And it sounds like not a real thing, but I really do think it's, I, I describe it as energy and focus. You're yeah. really, really focused and you have a lot of energy behind that single thing that you're focused on. Cause you know, like if you don't have focus, the no matter how much energy and people you have working on something, it's just not going to work. But the more energy and focus and as tighter that gets, that's really what like momentum is. So love your description. I totally agree. It's this like alignment exercise. I'm going to jump. I've got a bunch of questions for you, but I'm going to jump ahead a few just because you mentioned it earlier. I'm, I'm interested to hear about your launch process. Like you were saying you had a framework and kind of a process for launching. What is that? What is a well-run launch? How does it operate? What does it look like? Yeah, so I think I've actually mentioned a couple of components of it, but let me try to put it together, right? So basically when, when I say framework is like, if you're going to become a product marketing organization that is managing many launches a year, you, you have to have a framework so that you can consistently get results, right? And so the framework's really that I teach in, in my course is really how I go about any launch and it's everything from the mechanics of how you organize and write the plan to alignment and how you work with other teams, how you decide which team to work on, on a goal, how to set launch goal, right? So really it starts with what we talked about before, which is like meeting with your product team. It really should be, you know, the product team and the product marketing team meeting. I, my suggestion is meet every single month, even if you don't have a thing that they're thinking about launching, go sit down with them because you might realize that they are building something that is worth launching. And remember, a launch doesn't always have to be like this big splashy, we're up on stage in front of 5,000 people announcing it, you know, Steve Jobs type thing. Like a launch can be, hey, it's an email campaign, it's a training with the CS team, and it's a new video on the help docs, and here's how they work together. Here's how that little exercise of doing these three things is going to help us hit this goal, which is going to help us sort of bubble up to the strategic goal for the company. 
right? So launches don't have to be like, let's just debunk that one now. They don't have to be this big splashy thing. Like a launch can be something on a smaller scale, but you as a product marketing team should be able to use those and pull out those different types of launches at different scales from your tool belt at any time to help, you know, help your company hit a strategic goal. So really the, the, my process is you always have to start with your meeting with your product team, you're understanding what's going on, you're understanding the vision of what they're trying to do. And then, you know, from that meeting, really, you, you might decide on a, a launch, like what you're actually going to go out there and, and talk about, but you're also at that time setting a goal, right? Like what is the goal of this launch? Every launch has to have a goal. So many times the product marketers go out there and just say, well, my product team built this thing. So we're going to go launch it and hope to get some traffic from it and, you know, get some people to do a new trial or whatever, but like, it's not focused enough. I always recommend having one core launch goal. Like the one thing as a product marketer, your job is, is shepherding the launch. There's this one thing that you're focused on and that's going to help you hit that strategic goal, right? So it's, yeah. you know, a launch goal is short term. It's usually something that you can hit within the first 48 hours because another mistake that product marketers make is they, they start setting, you know, goals that are going to take months to achieve. And it's like, no, the launch is like, think about it. A launch is like you get everybody's attention or you get this big pop in attention for like 24 hours, maybe 48 hours. So in that time frame, what are you trying to do? Are you just trying to get the meeting booked with the sales team? Are you trying to get downloads? Are you trying to get integration set up with this new partner? And that's the thing you're launching, like, and getting a, a you know, a certain amount of customers to set that up, like set these short-term goals that are going to help you lead to, they're going to start the right behavior and build momentum towards hitting this longer term strategic company goal. Awesome. Okay. So I really agree with you too. I think this clarity around goals is so important and just making sure that, you know, you don't have like multiple goals and your goals are also very strategic too, I think to the business. So love that. All right. So when you think about launches, like with Drift, you guys created this momentum around launches all the time. Is there a good like if you are, you know, a similar size company or a company just trying to figure out your product marketing and launch cadence, is there a right cadence for launches? How often do you have a launch? Is there factors that go into it? How do you think about that? Yeah, for sure. So of course, not every company out there can do a launch every single month. I, I'd say, I mean, it starts with alignment, right? Of like understanding from a, from a product perspective, what their output looks like. But even before that, it starts with like, what are the goals of the company? Like if you can do three or four launches a year, and that's going to help you, you know, hit your growth goals. Great. If that, if that model works for you, great. I think when you're earlier stage, like if you can create momentum by going out there and launching something at a higher frequency than three to four times a, a year, then you're probably going to be better off because you're going to create attention. You're going to be able to, you know, get people interested and intrigued with what you're doing and help kind of build that community, you know, of, of people that are going to support and those early adopters that are going to be interested in an early stage product. So it definitely depends. And then the second layer there is, yeah, definitely working with the product team. And then also, does it fit the business model, right? You know, if you're selling, you know, like a, a high amount of month-to-month -month contracts, that's the kind of SaaS company you are, then probably more product launches make sense. If you're selling annual and maybe like churn and, and working to solve some of the, you know, customer success and account management teams issues, like maybe that isn't something that's as, you know, important. Maybe it's the annual conference and it's a couple other launches throughout the year and you can be more strategic. I'd also say as like, from what I noticed when, you know, I was experiencing the hyper growth of drift, like it, it didn't make as much sense to do a launch every single month, at least not just wide net because we started changing our strategy. We got more strategic with who we were targeting. We were moving upstream. We were changing our approach a little bit. So it really didn't make sense to spend, you know, all, the, all those marketing 
you know, minutes, if you will, of the marketing time bandwidth on launches every single month because it made more sense to be more strategic about who we were messaging. And then for product marketing to invest some of its time in, in doing more, you know, product adoption and campaigns and, and, and some more, more detailed stuff. So it definitely depends that those would be the factors that, that I would look at. That makes sense. Do you, when you think about uh, best in class launches, do you have favorite examples that you point out? Do you have an example of a really good launch and kind of why you like to talk about it? Yeah. So I don't have a lot of B2B examples, not because I don't think B2B launches are like that people don't do them well. It's just that I'm not a big B2B buyer. Like I don't buy a lot of software. I'm not a customer of a lot of different places. So like, it's kind of hard for me to like grade and like, you know, have that perspective from a B2C perspective, love what, you know, Basecamp did with their launch of, of Hey.com. I talk about that a little bit in my course. I actually did a, a tear down, a 20 minute tear down on that. Cause I just loved what they did, not just because they were, they were everywhere and because they had this PR about David Goliath's story of, of fighting mm-hmm. Apple and, you know, everything there, which we were all paying attention to, but like how they built, you know, you know, demand their product by having it be, you know, you have to get an invite and, and there's a wait list and just creating this urgency by creating scarcity. That's what they did. And, and so I just love these elements of like, they're just really good at marketing. Like their, their website's beautiful. Like just so simple. And it's just such a good reminder for product marketers to stop overcomplicating these product tours with all these flashy things and all these bullet items and all these videos and gifts and whatever. Like they told this really <laughs> compelling story when they launched of like the problem. They just, they relied on words and no visuals. Yeah. And they wrote this beautiful sales letter about the problem with email, which we all could relate to. And then they have this wonderful product tour where they don't overwhelm you with stuff. You just kind of click through and you can, you know, see here that we built this feature and that feature. They did such a great job. And it was just so simple and elegant. It's it, it reminiscent of, of Apple and many things they've done at a pro level. So I think that would be definitely another example. And then, you know, another email provider, Superhuman. I'm, I'm a customer now only because I'm an early majority guy. I'm not an early, early adopter. <laughs> I realize I'm yeah. a guy that jumps on after a company or a product has crossed the chasm. And uh, I think they've done a, a, a great job. They did a great launch last year. Tons of flashy news. Of course, those are B2C. But the other thing I would say, again, I don't have a lot of B2B examples, but the other thing I would say is now that I've been in e-commerce for 10 months, man, oh man, should B2B product marketers go study e-commerce websites and e-commerce D2C brands and how they do launches like Allbirds and Hydrant and these other D2C brands that have just done such a phenomenal job with their launches because, you know, product marketing for those things, I don't know if you could say it's easy or not because it's a physical product and you can have photos, like software is just not as sexy, obviously you can't have, but you can try that stuff, but no one's going to be like, Ooh, look at that UI. Beautiful. You know, a pair of Allbirds shoes. You might be like, wow, those look really cool. Right. But I would say like, I wish B2B like product marketers would go study, you know, D2C brands and how they do their launches and the visuals and the messaging and, and how they basically, because you think about it, like they have a really tough job of like, they're trying to convince people that we used to buy things in the store. We used to be able to pick them up and feel them, smell them and look at them and try to convince them with on a you know website to spend sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars online for this thing, right? And brand plays in there and everything, but product marketing is a huge part of that. They might not call it that, all these DVC brands, but it's a huge part. Like how do you how do you pitch, how do you market this product? And so I, my suggestion there would be go study some of these e-commerce brands and how they do launches because I think there's a tons of things that us as B2B pop marketers can learn from them. Totally. Yeah. There's a movement around like the consumerization of enterprise software too, you know, and like nobody wants to use big, clunky, confusing legacy enterprise software anymore. They want stuff that's simple, like, you know, Slack and Zoom 
are great examples mm-hmm. and it's all moving that way. And I think it's smart for marketers to look at B2C and look at e-commerce and, you know, especially in the more technical B2B stuff and be like, how can we, like, what's the consumerization of B2B marketing? You know, it's just, it's definitely all happening. So I think yeah. it's great advice. Awesome. So launches are big and complicated and you're working a lot. There's, it's very cross-functional. There's like a timeline, things are happening. What do you, like what happens, what goes wrong in launches? And then how do you deal with it in the moment? I'm sure this has happened to you before. For sure. As I was talking about with, with our mutual friend, Cody Bernard, on his podcast a couple of weeks ago, like something's always going to go wrong. Like it's just a hundred percent. The question really is just like, is it a small medium thing or is it something kind of big? And so, I mean, a lot of launch planning and organizing is, is sort of, you know, trying to minimize risk of something big going wrong and making yeah. sure all your, your big rocks are, are lined up. So things, things will always go wrong on some level. And I think there's also things that, I think there's, there's things that will go wrong. And then there's like, you know, preconceived notions of a launch that you might have if you haven't done enough that you should just, let's just, let's just debunk those as well right now. Right. Like, like you're not like your sales team isn't going to go out there and deliver the messaging perfectly to every single person. They're also not going to go pick up the phone and call everybody they know and tell them about this new thing you launched. Like, let's just get over that. Cause that's not going to happen. It requires trust. It requires that. Hey, I mean, it's something out of your control too. Like there are things you control, like, Hey, let's train them. Let's get them on the messaging. Let's, you know, we can coach them after we can use systems like gong and, and, and give feedback and stuff like that. And then there's like, hey, you know, if it's a good fit, if customers are responding well to it, then sales reps are going to go out there or customer success managers or account managers, whoever, are going to go out there and they're going to talk about this thing because they know it works. They know it's going to help them make more money, save accounts, whatever it is they're gold on, right? So like there's some part of it that you just can't control. So things will definitely always go wrong. That's why I decided to make this course with this framework because it's helped me over the course of, you know, four years here. Uh, even longer, five or six years, really, of, of doing launches to help me kind of hone in on the most important stuff, stay focused on the right goals, um, make sure I'm, I'm working with the right teams, make sure that we, we can execute on, on the launch and, and minimize risk. Totally. It's, I love your advice there that, you know, you, ha- you have to have, get rid of your, and some of your expectations around like how a launch will operate. Because yeah, when you're in the process, I think that things get messy and you have to be really comfortable with a certain amount of, you know, just going to be okay with that sometimes. And like, totally, the sales team is never going to use the messaging perfectly. Or maybe they take your deck and your intended purpose of it, but then they do something different with it. And it could be just something that like works better with them. And maybe they've improved it, you know, and you just got to roll with it. I think having that attitude of making sure you can roll with some of the stuff and not get, not get dragged down if, if things aren't um, working exactly how you expected them to is really, really good. Advice. Totally. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. So if you're, you know, let's say someone's listening to this, who's about to take on, you know, they're like, all right, Marcus and Dan products launches, let's do it. Let's go for it. We don't really have that at our business. You know, what's your advice to them taking it on for the first time? Yeah. So my advice would be, you should have some sort of framework. And of course, yes, I just, I just published mine, the product launch masterclass.com. And that was my framework. And it's really designed for people that are new to product marketing. And so I would suggest have a framework. Now look, it doesn't have to be mine. Mine is, I've used it for several years. It works for me. I think like have some sort of framework, some sort of way of approaching a launch. Because if you just go in blind without a process, without something to work off of, you're going to run into problems. And that's where you are going to have these, these big things that go wrong. Um, but I also would say like, if you do have a framework, whether it's mine, someone else's, 
take that framework and then as you launch stuff, add to it, expand upon it, change it, right? Like every business is a little bit different. Every product marketing team is set up a little bit different. Go experiment, add to it, um, make it better over the course of time. So I would do that. I would say the other, so that's like from a framework perspective when it comes to launches. One is over communicate. Like say the same, repeat yourself. You should be, by the time you get to launch that, you should be sick of saying the same thing. And it's not even just the messaging. It's maybe some of the details that your sales rep needs to know about like how the plans and upgrades are going to work, right? But you've said it so many times, you put it on Slack, you put it on email, you've made a video about it, you've shown up to their meetings. You said it so many times, you're sick of saying it, you're sick of hearing yourself say it, but you know, because you've done it so many times that, you know, repetition, people are going to learn it. They're going to actually follow whatever the guardrail is. Same with messaging, a common mistake, and you write your positioning doc and you have your tagline, you have your product name and everything. Well, over the course of going from you finalize your positioning to now creating all of your assets and doing everything, what happens is if you're in charge of the product market of all those things, you're going to start sort of making variations up. You're going to start changing things a little bit. You know, oh, actually, I'm going to change this a little bit and change that. And actually, on the video, we're going to say this. It's on the landing page, we're actually going to position it this way. Don't do that. Don't do that. Repeat yourself. Again, the messaging, the reason you wrote that positioning doc, you have that tagline is so that everywhere a customer looks on launch day, they're seeing the same message so that they can remember it. And then it's going to you know, resonate with them. So try not to start coming up with your you know, variations over time. Try to stick with the plan. Um, that, that's going to do you more favors in the long run. I would say the third part, the third piece of advice I would have is internal marketing. I, I tweet about this all the time. I talk about every time I get up to a close to a launch, you can expect a tweet from me. It's like, yeah, internal marketing, go do it. It's so important. And it is. <laughs> Like I, I, I say this, like, this is probably the place where you should spend the most time as a product marketer because you're, you know, I think someone came on your podcast, Marcus, and said like, as the, the product marketer in charge of the launch, you're like the CEO of the launch, right? And that's yeah. how you got to operate. You know, you're not just the writer. You're not just, you know, communicating. You're not just the sales rep. You're not just the trainer. Like you're the CEO, you're everything. And it's true. I, I totally agree with that. So if, if you spend more time communicating to people, getting people excited about launching, getting your reps to understand how it's going to make them more money or how, you know, CS is going to save more accounts, like that is well spent time because the more people you get charged up and ready to launch to go out there and do the things you need them to do, the better the launch is going to be. So I would say invest heavily uh, in internal marketing that, that, that you just can't go wrong investing in internal marketing. Totally agree. Just to recap, I think a lot of what you said here makes a lot of sense. Just, you know, on the frameworks, like you're right. I think it was Mary Sheehan who came on the podcast. You, you, both you and her have really, really good advice here. And there's no reason to reinvent the wheel. You should take Dan's framework and apply it to your business, but you don't need to come up with your own. I'm, I feel like I'm one of those people who likes to like create everything from scratch and it's really just going to waste your yeah. time. Like I've learned that the hard way. Uh, yeah, take, use the other take the shortcut. Take the shortcut. I mean, that's, that's something you talk about. Like same goes for everything, right? Whatever you are in terms of your brand, if you have other role models you look up to, look at their website, look at their landing page. How do they do things? Like copy from the best and then, and then come up with your own flow from there. Absolutely. And then, yes, I like that repetition point, like naming stuff, naming products is really hard and we'll spend cycles on it. But I always like to say the only thing worse than a bad name is no name, because if you have something that's constantly changing or people call it different stuff, it's terrible. And like, even if you pick a name or if you come up with messaging, that's not 100% perfect. You got to keep just pushing it forward because it's better to have con consistent messaging like you're talking about than messaging that's all over the place. And then, yeah, I'm with you on internal marketing. I mean, it's such an important part, even at any size company, really. So awesome advice. I really like those three points. Dan, quickly, what's your outlook on the career of product marketing? You think it's a good place for people to be right now? Oh, totally. I love this question too, because I haven't been asked this question. <laughs> I've done a lot of interviews on launches and product marketing and 
in the last couple of years. And this one I haven't asked for. I like this one. I think it's a great, a great career path to get into. I think there's tons of opportunity. I think it's becoming more and more important in, you know, industries like tech uh, and especially the B2B SaaS because what's happening, well, actually, particularly MarTech, right? Look at marketing tech and, and how big of a uh, industry that is. Like it's becoming more and more important because product marketing really can help you differentiate. Like brand and all those things are important and those will help you, but product marketing is so important now uh, and will be more important than ever. My thinking is that I think product marketing is going to become more of like, so product management obviously is a really important discipline in your company and they really, and product marketing, from what I've seen, maybe I'm wrong, but over the last, I don't know, five, 10, 15 years, it's become such a pivotal role in leading engineering teams and leading product teams to success with the product. I think product marketing is going to become the product managers of revenue, right? So I feel like from the shepherding and getting to growth, getting to, you know, revenue numbers, I think product marketing has become more and more pivotal. And so my outlook is, yeah, I think it's, it's a great career path to get into. It's challenging. There's a lot of stuff you have to do. There's, there's a, lot of, a lot of things to learn and, and stuff. But I just think like over the next five, 10 years, I think it's going to become like PM is in charge of product and, and delivery of building that thing. And then product marketing has become more of like a, a PMs of the revenue, right? In charge of the pivotal strategic role and helping a company get to the revenue goals that, that it's hoping to achieve. I love that, you know, and it's, it's probably not the case with a lot of companies now, but there's definitely the potential for that. And I think it's just sort of up yep. to the people who work in product marketing to kind of figure that out. So I think it's 100% possible. Dan, oh. if people want to learn about your uh, masterclass, where do they go? Yeah. So just hop over to the product launch masterclass.com. Um, you could Google it, but you have to include the .com. <laughs> I, I will admit, I'm going to say it now, my SEO for the product launch masterclass is not that high. I might be on page like three or four right now because there's a lot of stuff out there. But you could do that. You can just look me up on Twitter or LinkedIn, Daniel J. Murphy. Uh, I have links on there as well. You can check that out. And then, yeah, give me, give me a shout if you have questions. Happy to chat more about any of this stuff. Awesome. We will put it in the show notes. Thanks so much for the time, man. It was really good to get into this. I appreciate you coming on the show. Absolutely, Marcus. Thanks for having me. There's only one way to take it, and that's hard. There's only one way to own it. She wanna drown in the city lights. Ah, but it's alright.